So today, September 30th, is the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. This is also known as the Orange Shirt Day. Today, we honor the children who never returned home and survivors of residential schools, as well as their families and communities. The orange shirt is a symbol of the stripping away of culture, freedom, and self-esteem experienced by Indigenous children over generations. To talk about this further, joining me today on air is Elliot Young. Hi, Elliot. How are you? Good, good. Glad to be here. Yeah, so Elliot, last time we spoke, I know at that time you were the Indigenous Community Engagement Advisor with Norquest College, but I believe this title has now changed. So could we actually share with everyone um, what your new title and role is? Yeah, so I work with an Indigenous-owned consulting firm uh, called Pipipuampetuan, and I'm the Director of Engagement with them, so leading all their engagement planning and stuff. Yeah, they aren't a stranger to our radio. They've been on air before and it's a great organization. It was really good learning about it and learning more about the work they're doing in the community as well. And now, Elliot, I'm going to be very honest with you. I'm not going to try to be politically correct for this conversation at all. It was very difficult for me to gather my thoughts. So every time I have anyone come on air, I usually take 30 minutes of sitting by myself, isolating and really thinking about what direction I want this conversation to go. The conversation today has been really difficult for me to comprehend my thoughts and emotions around it, but also the question of how do I have this conversation with you? It is a very heavy topic, in my opinion. I know today is the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. It's the second time in Canada that this day has been recognized. Now, Elliot, when it comes from that aspect, the government aspect and the steps they have taken in my opinion this is a very it's a first step this is a first step and there should be many more steps that follow this to you is this enough efforts by the government or do you think there's more work to be done here yeah short answer not not enough um to elaborate on it i i see this as being in, in a way of thinking about moving towards reconciliation or doing any type of decolonization work, there's 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 things that are performative, things that are a bit more substantive, substantive, and other things that are systemic. And I feel a lot of the work that government is doing is moving within kind of the performative and substantive. They want to make big announcements. They want to make sure they're in front of cameras. They want to make sure that there's key messages sent out there. Ensuring that building up to September 30th, there is kind of newsworthy messaging out there that they can then kind of blast everywhere and kind of show the work that they're doing. You see this within kind of general public or two, like corporate Canada and all this. I just got an email from uh, one of the, I won't say who it was, but it was from from a, uh, a brand saying their commitment towards truth and reconciliation. I'm like, oh, that's great. But okay, I like, I, I, other than you messaging me that, like, I, I don't know what you want. Um, so it's, it, it really, when it comes to a national day, when it comes to national orange shirt day, when it's attached so much to a color, to a, a shirt and to something that's so performative, it, it does really stick within that performed space because there's now spaces or systems that, have overrepresentation of indigenous people within it that are directly connected to residential schools. 
that are either not being supported enough by government and not just federal government, even provincial governments, um, to a point where First Nations people, Indigenous communities are having to fight for resources for systemic change. Uh, I think um, there was just recently uh, uh, that I think, was it the census? I, I, I forget which one it was, but came out and was speaking about the number of children in care Yes. And also the Office of the Child News Advocate just sent out a report about the overrepresentation of Indigenous children in care, directly connected to Indigenous or to residential schools. These pieces get overshadowed by kind of the the the, the big announcements from, from federal government that are very much performative. But all of these numbers, the data, the data is showing that they're not doing enough. They're not making that systemic change from that performative to to systemic, and it's just, yeah, it's just it's just not enough. Yeah. Of course, now Elliot, I know you've been a large advocate for the years, and I've had previous people, actually, someone you introduced me to, Lana Whiskey Jack. She's been on the radio as well, and she was amazing to speak to. And at the time, she brought up a point which still resonates with me till date, was about how the government says that they have resources available for the community, such as counseling, therapy, but in the cultural aspect, there's different ways you guys heal, whether that's sitting in a circle, but the government is not taking those steps to integrate the culture into these resources, right? So how has that been? Because I know I've heard from people from the community as well, that they've been trying to create reform. They've been trying to reach out to government bodies that changes are made and try to explain their perspective of why these resources that exist aren't what they're looking for. It's not what works. And I understand completely because every culture is different and we're integrated in our culture and there's certain ways we adapt. How has that process been? Are there enough people that are trying to voice their opinions? Are those voices amplified? And if so, why do you think action is not happening on the other end? Yeah. Yeah. I think there are some really strong advocates within certain systems and definitely systems that can be easily identified as being overrepresented With, within the child welfare system. Like there's advocates as uh, Dr. Cindy Blastock, Blackstock, um, the previous office of the child needs advocate advocates. The advocate is uh, Del Graf, uh, who is Métis. He was a big advocate. Um, there's, within these spaces there's there's some really strong voices but when you start connecting when when you view uh the overrepresentation and these challenges that that a lot of indigenous communities are facing and how it's interconnected to a lot of other systems you then start seeing that there's not as many voices in other systems or at least they're not as as loud as some I would say uh, some of them are within housing. Some of them are in justice system. Some of them are in education. Some of them like in order to, in, in order to address like the child welfare numbers, you then start, when you start peeling back and you start looking at kind of the issues that are, that are contributing to it, you're not going to be able to address it without proper housing, without adequate education, without, uh, employment on on reserve 
um, without those community support systems, those mental health support systems. And so all of these systems interact within kind of how indigenous communities um, are, are, are thriving. And so when, when those systems aren't connecting and when those systems are not speaking to each other, you then see that as much as you try to address child welfare as a system, if you're not addressing those other systems, there, there's not a lot you can do. And so when you do that within government, when you're trying to get ministries talking to each other, when you're trying to get provincial and federal governments talking to each other, it's it's a hard road to climb. And a lot of it becomes jurisdictional and a lot of it becomes about money. And a lot of it is get, getting tied to dollars and, and data. When you go to a community and it's a person that you're you're referring to that just happens to be one of the the numbers that you're talking to so it it dehumanizes it a bit and so when when there's all these different systems and some of the systems have some really strong advocates and other ones they they do have advocates but they're not as strong they don't have as as big of a platform as some of these other ones do and if they're not talking to each other you then start to see that like these systems are siloed and they 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 don't they can't address kind of like the larger kind of issues stemming from colonization and 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 residential schools yeah yeah it's a very layered system right it's really hard to get the whole body involved so sometimes you're just dealing with one specific thing but there's so many different aspects to this as well so i absolutely understand what you're saying here elliot and that actually while you're talking about that you're talking about a little you touched the topic of mental health a little bit that brings me to the next question. And I was thinking about this for the past um, few days, actually. Now, I know you have children, Elliot, and I can only imagine because um, generational trauma is also something that we see in a lot of different cultures. My parents immigrated over from India, and I see that being carried forward as well. I can only imagine with yourself and the generation to come how difficult this is to digest, to understand what exactly national day of truth and reconciliations about it's a very difficult topic in the household having children Elliot how do you navigate these conversations I'm sure they are curious they're wondering what is happening why are people wearing orange shirts what is orange shirt day residential schools so how are these conversations happening in the households yeah yeah I, I want to I want to share a quick little story about about where I it was the first conversation we had as 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 a family about residential schools and, and national kind of like orange shirt day but um at the risk of of kind of outing myself as that parent i i called the i called the school and spoke to the principal and spoke to the teacher of like okay uh i know you get funding for when my kid self identifies as 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 being first nation what are you doing with that funding like what what is the programming that you're you're providing for, for students and they gave me all of the the stuff and I'm like okay you you're you're making an effort I'm glad it's on your radar and like we'll we'll continue that um that opened the door a little bit and and a couple weeks later they they contacted me saying like would you be willing to share your perspective about national national truth and reconciliation day or orange shirt day to 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 children and this is when my kid was in kindergarten and I was and I was also when I was working at Northwest College when I was sharing this with like link learners or language in instruction for newcomers and 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 other groups within Norquest. And I'm like, okay, how do how do I share this to 
a bunch of five-year-olds how do i how do i share it in a way that is like uh not going to be so complex but it really understanding how the impact of it um and it was just really conceptualizing it to family their current situation of like these children were taken and that was wrong like that was wrong that was it it wasn't right and really really thinking about about it of of conceptualizing it to like this is what is happening to kids that was your age like a kid your age right now being taken away from your parents this happened to to our communities um so i actually uh recorded that video and it was it was shared with uh with my with my son and and i thought it was only going to be used for my son and uh, i found out yesterday because I, I had to go I, I had to go do a guest lecture at a, at a different space so i wasn't here when my 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 kids got home but they're using it for my daughter's class too who just <laughs> went to kindergarten and she's like i saw dad on a video talking about national Horn shirt day and so that was her first uh um connection into it as well and so when when we talk about it we don't necessarily talk about residential schools within my community we don't talk about national Orange shirt day we we continually just talk about culture and what it means to be to be um to be creep to be nehiao and my kids will refer to that quite a bit of like we're nehiao right and i'm like yes we're we're nehiao and we're like we're first nations right yeah it was like yeah we're first nations because they would hear it in the class and then we we ensure that like when when they're bringing this stuff up they they know the context of it it's just like your first nation because we're we come from a community in muskogees and it's just like remember the power that we went to remember the 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 celebration that we went to during christmas like all these different things of like you know your family from there like that's that's all connected to you being Nehal. Like that's that's all of it. And so when things come up about residential schools, we we it's usually in the context of like that is one aspect of like the history of who you are, but there's so much more. And Elliot, do you feel like being a father or even looking within the community now because there is a such thing, and I've touched this topic slightly before is generational trauma. Things get carried forward. Do you worry about that? That for the generations to come, this is something they may carry with them? And if so, do you believe there's enough, again, resources within the school systems, perhaps, where they're trying to really combat that and make sure that this is something that the generation, the current young generation, is actually dealing with so that moving forward? they aren't dealing with the psychological trauma of this. Definitely intergenerational trauma is still part of it. And I, I've heard the kind of the flip side of that, of intergenerational trauma. And even when I was talking about systems, like it, it then starts getting to a very kind of negative or, or like there's there's a lot of trauma connected to all of these systems. But it's now kind of flipping to kind of intergenerational resistance and intergenerational joy of, of, of thinking about, about not, not only, not only the supports for like mental health, for, for community health and any, any type of supports to ensure that's that, that the younger generation is, is, is being successful. You're, you're really starting to see a lot of youth and the younger generation connecting to culture in different ways and in, and in really innovative ways like tiktok has become a very big way for indigenous people to to connect with their culture and to connect with pieces that help with dealing with trauma like humor there's a lot of humor within tiktok and so 
the the youth now instead of kind of that that mental health support it's 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 that support but also that resurgence of of culture of of that that identity of connecting with with what what is important with with sustaining the culture and the language of course it's it's not perfect there's still a lot of ways long way to go but you you see that there's 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 a change you can see it and and so it's amazing that like as as much with the 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 community support the mental health support there is that 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 resilience and joy which is really nice to hear because there's also two ways this could have gone right but it's nice to see that maybe there's a bit of a perspective change there's maybe more curiosity where they're trying to learn more about their heritage as well through all of this right so that's nice now Elliot the next question I have for you this is actually an interesting one so I've had people and a few of my broadcasters reach out of resources how can I learn more about this and I'm always like well google right if you want to know there's always an answer but again when it comes to resources especially when you're working in the media you want to make sure you are using a very reliable source and I know there's a lot of organizations and communities that have been talking about it bent arrow is one that I've been really following on Instagram and it's been amazing to learn more about the history of this is there anything or any resources or any recommendation you may have for people that might want to learn more about this or to become more cultured? Great question. So yeah, Google is definitely a big resource, but um, to learn more and to really allow that space for you to understand it and 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 really increase your knowledge about about the history of Indigenous people, history of Canada and uh, to understand the current um, situations. The Indigenous Canada MOOC run by the University of Alberta is a great free resource for you to really be intentional with how you wanna learn. From there, there's, uh, if you Google it, there's a lot of different resources of understanding um, what essentially any question that you would have, there's there's gonna be a lot of answers uh, on Google for it. Um, but being able to reach out to 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 local spaces like like Bendero, like a friendship center, um, those spaces are really important as well. And and when you reach out, make sure you're reaching out with some really good intention, of course. Um, because when you when you reach out to to those specific people, you're going to be taking them away from their community, ensuring that they're they're going to be teaching you. And so just make sure you do it just with really good intention and move forward in a good way. And just to plug a little bit about people on page one, um, we did a webinar uh, in earlier this month about National Truth and Reconciliation Day. Um, we have uh, some resources from that that we that we shared um, as well. So you could check out our website and 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 see that there. But but yeah, I, I really encourage the Indigenous MOOC and then, and then yeah, Bent Arrow is a great resource too. Yeah. Great. And for everyone who's listening, I will be sharing all of those in, in addition to PP Kwan, Pita Kwan's hashtags on our Instagram. And you guys can definitely check out their profiles 
Elliot, I truly appreciate your taking your time out on, especially today. I can just imagine how you would rather be with your family and your community today, right? But I appreciate it. I think it's very important to keep these conversations going, to raise the awareness, to raise the education. And like I've said to you before, anytime you need a space or if you feel like you need to amplify your voice, you're always welcome back on air. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, Elliot. I appreciate it.